Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Soul Survivor Podcast. We're here previewing Season 40, Winners at War. Uh, this time, we're going to talk about the men, uh, all 10 of them, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Ryan Winthrop and Jordan Heffler. <clears throat> Good morning, guys! <laughs> what, you know what you're playing for? <laughs> this is this is actually a great addition, I think. I think you have to say, come on in, guys, and then he has to say, well, I don't know what you're playing for. A fresh new podcast <laughs> right off the microphone. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all the fixes. <laughs> <laughs> that was impressive. Um, but yeah, let's get started. Let's get right into it here. Get started previewing everyone um, on the season. Um, we did preview the women last. Um, that was great. And just as we did for that one. It feels we- like just yesterday we were doing it. Yeah, feels feels very recent. And uh just you know, just like we did, we did then. We're gonna make our predictions at the end. Um, first one out of the men, uh, sleepers, and last one remaining. So let's get right into it. Winner of season three, Ethan. What do you think, Ryan? Ethan's on is constantly cited as one of the most likable players of all time. Great social player. Got into a good alliance in Africa. Dominated the game. Was never in danger. And then because he was a winner in All-Stars, he got targeted, so he left pretty early. I think Ethan can do well in this game, Dylan. I think that he has a deficit of coming in as an old-school player, so he hasn't played with idols, no blindsides, no twists, so he has to adjust and adjust fast. But Ethan's so likable and physical, I think he'll make the merge. The only one blemish is that everybody knows Ethan Zahn survived uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer, so Ethan does have a really good story. So I'm not sure. You know that? I did not. Yeah. So I don't know if they'll let Ethan get to the end, but I think Ethan Zahn's making the merge easy. So. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's. I, I always think it's interesting when you think back and you think that Amber and Ethan have not played for 16 years or whatever it is since season eight, which just seems so crazy. They're that they're this much older now, but you know, as he said, so much has happened. Like he's a cancer survivor. Great story for certain, and the fact that he was. You know, one of the most likable players when he did play. I think that he's definitely going to be a fan favorite, especially for like the older audience going into this season. And I think that a lot of people have that in mind going into this season. But at the same time, I think that he may be a little bit more underestimated just because he he's not he may not be the strategic threat that everyone thinks, but he will be the he will be a social threat. So, I mean, I I know those go hand in hand, but he's maybe a guy that you want to keep in your alliance, um, somebody who you're going to trust. So I do think that he'll do pretty well. But moving on to the winner of season 13, Yule. Yule Kwan, the Yule father, as he's called. <laughs> um, I love me some Yule Kwan, one of my favorite players. Um, obviously, it has been a long time since he's played, but I'm happy he's back. Uh, for those who don't know, Yule basically, kind of like Russell Hands, was at like a huge deficit at the merge where his alliance had four and the other tribe had like eight. And their final four made it to the end. So Yule is a really strong physical and social player and very strategic. Definitely did a great job with masterminding the game. The one asterisk is that he had the super idol. So can be played after the votes are read. So I think now I'm excited to see Yule play again and see how he's adapted to modern Survivor. I could see Yule going kind of like uh, Sophie where he's mixed, where I could see Yule going far because he's an awesome player. But I also could see people being like, Yule is so freaking smart. He's, I, th- I think he's like a lawyer outside the game. Yule's so smart. He's so charismatic. He has to go early. So I could see Yule falling into either part of the game. 
Right. So uh, I definitely agree with what you said on that. He definitely seems, you know, he's somebody who I think people are going to tr- trust a lot, but also may see him as a big threat. So there's that gray area where you don't really know what people are going to, you know, think of him once he gets out there. Um, but I do want to move on to our next winner, one of the most notorious winners ever, uh, husband of Amber, um, played arguably the best game ever in season 22. Uh, Boston Rob, and I'll, we'll hand it over to Hef for this one. I know we've been saving him up just to talk about Rob for this moment. Boston Bob, what can I say about him? <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a brother to me, uh, a role model to me. I, I really look up to him as a student of the game. And Dylan, as you said, I couldn't have put any, I could not have put it any better myself. He played maybe the best game in history, and that's why he's considered the goat. Um, it's not that often that somebody plays four times and goes only one for four that they're considered one of the best ever, but that's because of just how dominant and smart he was the entire season. And that's what makes him a huge threat. One that I hate to get to the predictions, I think he will be going early because, one, he's, in a, huge, he's a huge threat. People know him as maybe the best ever. And he has his partner in crime, his wife Amber, who... They're going to be seen as a package. If they make it to the, they're not going to let Boston Rob make it to the merge because that's just two votes out of ten or however many the merge is. I think he could be an early target. So adding on to what you said, I think that Boston Rob is probably played the best game ever that I've seen at least. Um, just the way and you know as you've mentioned in the past, like he did have very naive people that he was playing with, but at the same time, just the way he controlled every vote, he literally he brainwashed even though he was playing with weak people. He brainwashed every single person in his tribe to just hate the other tribe and just have a group team mindset, an alliance mindset. And it was just incredible. If you went against his alliance, the, everybody in his alliance would vote would vote against that person. It was like it was just incredible how it worked. Um, the thing that always stands stands out to me about that season is when they did the final tribal council, and I believe uh, David gets up or Dave. Uh, I think Dave. What, whatever, whatever. Uh, he he gets up. There. I know him as David. He, he get he gets he gets up there and he's like. He like looks at the rest of the jury and is like, "This guy played one of the best games anybody's ever seen," and that's really the reality of it. But like like you mentioned, he's gonna he's gonna be playing that blood versus water game also, where he does people are gonna be worrying about him and Amber. But if you're Jeremy or if you're Tony or if you're any one of the other big threats, you want Boston Rob there. Yep. Hey, Dylan, Jordan, smarten up. I have me, Amber. I'm good. <laughs> uh, no, but I listen. Boston Rob is one of the greatest. I mean, when you have David Murphy giving you the full um it's actually you know funny you know, <laughs> you know his last name i'm, I'm kind of psychotic when it comes to the stuff um <laughs> but you know actually it's funny when we talk about people nowadays when they stand up and they like they vouch for you we call it going the full murphy like if you go if you get the full murphy and you get the full endorsement you're good to go um <laughs> did you make that up did you just coin that? no i did not no i did trust me. i wish i did i did not make that up it's, it's in the community um <laughs> yeah, boston rob like jordan said is one of the greatest of all time Obviously, if you rank that people in like like low tier, mid tier, high tier, top tier, he's a top tier god level player. We love Boston Rob. It's for that reason I think he's gonna go early. He has his wife. He's played five times. He's been on the show six times now. They just filmed a season where they had a thirty foot statue of him. I'm sure they could probably still see it from the beach where they're filming. But um, I think Boston Rob is amazing. But there's no way he makes a merge unless something crazy happens. Right, I think in order for him to make the merge, they would have to come up with. He would have to like come up with some crazy alliance where it's like him and 
Sorry. Where, where it's like him, him and all the other strong players that just band together and just knock out the weaker ones. Like, I think that's like the only way. It would have to be some kind of like super alliance like that where they all have the same idea about keeping each other in for strength. Like, that would be fun to watch because you obviously want the, the strong players to, the strongest players to go all the way. Let me ask you this, Dylan. If, if you're in Boston Rob's tribe and you want him out, but he says to you, hey, I'll give you $10,000 if, uh, <laughs> if you keep me around to the merge. And he says that to every single person who says no. Well, who says no? You're keeping in mind that I already have the a million that I won, and I'm trying to get the a million again. A million's a lot more than ten thousand. What you two, know? It's more than a million. It two million. Right, right. You're right. You call that two bingos. You're right, and you know, yeah, <laughs> two bingos. But uh, you know, we could talk about Boston Rob all day. But let's move on to another very intriguing winner, Tyson. My boy. I know he's my he's, boy. He's Hef's favorite. All right, take it, take, take it, all time, Tyson, and I'll let you take it for that reason. So good. He is so good. All right. My favorite part of Tyson is that he would play mind games with the people. I got people cheering for, for Tyson over there. <laughs> um, he would eat all the food at his camp and then try to look busy so people didn't suspect him of being lazy or eating too much. He would bring people coconuts but drink half of it first. He was in everyone's head the entire time. And let's just get to the gameplay aspect of his. So smart. The entire time, he was playing with some pretty strong players, and everybody was too afraid of making the big move, that they were too afraid to start the conversation at a blind side, or they were too scared to vote somebody out. And he was the one that stepped to the plate and said, you know what, I don't care if I have a target on my back. I, as long as I'm initiating conversation and I'm getting the vote to go my way, it'll work in my favor. And I think this could be a huge strategy for him in this game where everybody is too afraid to come on too strong because they're with a bunch of other good players and they might they might want to kind of hide behind other people. If he steps up to the plate and has very good conversations that lead to vote-outs that go in his favor, it could be huge for his game for the entire time. Right, and one thing that's so unique about Tyson compared to everybody else is he's one of the people, one of the few on Survivor who have managed to, in one season, make possibly the dumbest move ever, and then in the next season come back and win. His his move in here as villains not only so not only sealed his fate but also sealed Rob's fate in the end, which is really funny. But uh, then he just came back in 27 and he was really just like a new player. Like I'm sure that you know what when 27 aired, like I'm sure everyone was just like was like this guy this guy just did, made one of the most ridiculous moves ever just a few years ago, and I don't really expect him to do anything you know do anything coming back with returning players. And then he ends up running the entire game, even convincing somebody to vote out their own mom. Yeah, I, I love Tyson. Tyson's one of my top 10 faves. Um, I think, yeah, you're right. He's been all over the spectrum. He's made it to the jury as a decent threat. He went out pre-merge with the, one of the worst blunders in history and then won the game, like, almost flawlessly. So I think Tyson's had the full spectrum, so he knows what to expect. He knows what signs to look for. I think he's going to make it far. Tyson also, both in and out of the game, has the most connections out of anyone on this cast. You know, he's played in Heroes vs. Villains with Parvati, Sandra, and Rob. So he has a lot of connections there. He obviously is friends with Amber as well because he's best friends with Boss and Rob. I think Tyson's set up to go very well. The only way Tyson goes early is if somebody says, Tyson's way too damn good. We can't let him get far. I got to take my shot now when he goes early. I think if he, I think like with uh, Kim, Tyson makes it past the first three votes or so. I think our boy is good to go, hopefully. Yeah, I, th I think Tyson makes the merge, if I had to predict. 
and we'll move on to season 28's winner. Another we have, we have look at look at these winners all in a row here. Another great one, so uh, Tony, who is arguably my, like arguably my favorite winner ever. I just I remember seeing the first episode of Kageon when it aired, and I was just like, this is my guy for the whole season. Like so like he's he, like Tony Tony is unreal, and oh I think that he has his work cut out for him in this season, and there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, they tried to bring him back on Game Changers, and then he got voted out. Um, he got voted out second right after Sierra because he was doing his old antics, and everyone was like, what are you doing? Uh, especially with a cast of all returning players. So I think that he probably went into Game Changers a little bit too cocky, honestly. I'm laughing thinking about him. Yeah. He thinking w- about him he, running out of nowhere, the cameraman running after him. Yeah, he, he went into Game Changers way too cocky, honestly, coming off that insane win that he had. And then... Now I think that he's gonna come in a new, uh, almost like. Do you remember when, when I can't see him coming as like a calm guy? I I think I actually think that he's gonna, he's gonna have. I think that look he I may he may it. he may not have it in him, but he's gonna have to if he wants to do well. Do do, you, do you, what do you what do you think, Ryan? Uh, I I agree. I love Tony Plachos. Again, I wouldn't say he's well, like the names. <laughs> not not of everybody, like most people, but um, no, I Tony. I wouldn't say him. he's like the best player because he's kind of like frenetic, but easily my favorite, one of my favorite players, the most entertaining. Like you said, Dylan, who could forget the first episode where Sarah's like, hey, are you a cop? He's like, I'm not a cop. I work in construction. I'm not a cop. You a cop? Yeah. No, I'm not a cop. I work in construction. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have to talk llama to you. Talking llama. It's like, like, Tony is just so entertaining and amazing. I think you're right. He came in on like speed 9,000 in Game Changers and then went out early. I think it's probably the best thing that happened to him for him to go out early because now he's coming off of, like, you, how do you get better from there? You have to get better from, like, second person out. So I think he can do better. I think in a season of winners, he could be a big meat shield. I know a couple people want to align with Tony as, like, a shield to them. So I think Tony can make it far as long as he doesn't go super fast. Um, I hope he goes far. I want to see some more spy shacks, some more spy bunkers. I'm, I'm ready. I was going to ask you, do you think he'll have a spy shack or spy bunker? I'm, I'm going spy treehouse. He's he's going he's going up high this time. Spy <laughs> treehouse. I yeah I I think that I, what I was gonna ask you next is like what is what is Tony's path here? And you said like he's gotta he's gotta just chill out when he gets on. And I know we're all we're all rooting for him. Nobody wants to see him go at first, but like obviously it's a possibility because he just is so he's just he's just crazy. He might be the oh, most entertaining yeah. out of all the twenty. Listen, I'm not gonna bet five thousand dollars on Tony winning the season because I don't think it's gonna happen. But I hope it does. Like I, I would, I would rather bet the money, lose the money, and see a season where we have a Tyson and Kim. Sorry, a Tony, I'll Tyson too. But a Tyson, Tony, and Kim like super alliance, and they make it to the end, and one of them wins. <laughs> I, I would lo- lose all my money for that. But yeah. I love Tony. I don't think right. he'll, I don't think he'll win, but he'll go far. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, he is. He is going to be definitely used as the shield. And now we move on to the person who was one of the original meat shield strategists, Jeremy who kept around Joe and Kelly as long as he possibly could just to make sure the target stayed off him. This stretch of winners is so good. Let's just read that back. Boston Bob, Tony, Tyson, Jeremy. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So good. good. But, yeah, I mean, I pretty much summed up Jeremy's strategy just like that. Like, not only is he a physical player, like, he he just understood that there is a path to victory as – as a, a, a physical threat in the season. And he pretty much executed it perfectly, especially on not only like just not only another season, one of the most stacked casts ever, um, most talent, most talented groups ever. Like he had, 
Kelly Wentworth probably playing one of the, like one of the best games ever. He had Joe who was winning almost every challenge and was just like in, extremely liked, and he just managed to just outplay them all. Yeah, no, I Jeremy is one of my favorite winners of all time. I would say top three. I love my boy Jeremy. Um, I think he's one of these people that has the benefits of getting blindsided his first season and then winning his second, so he knows what to look for. I think again, I think I've said this a lot. These people who have lost before or who have gotten the rug pulled out of them before are going to do well. And I think that Jeremy has the strategic game and the social game to go far. He's just, he's like Ethan. He's just so likable. And you're right, Dylan. He is like one of the creators of the meat shield strategist because in his first season, he gets rid of Josh and he goes home next because he's the next biggest tree to cut down. And then what does he do in the next game? He surrounds himself with and Sa- Savage, Joe, Kelly, he has Steven as kind of like a strategy goat as well. So I think Jeremy's going to make it very far this game. Yep. That being said, not a lot of mute shields this season, so it won't... Well, you might have to shake up his strategy a little well, bit. Well, we'll do but as, as, by that logic, that was everyone a mute shield? Well, right, right. So by I think by, by meat shield, we, like, his strategy could have been physical threats, but I think meat shield could also be defined as, like, in, in this sense, just social threats or just Tony's. Tony's. Like, uh, yeah, well, like, it, like the season he won, he was literally trying to right, protect literally. the shields yeah. that would win immunities because he was seen as a huge but, immunity threat. But the same could apply for just keeping Rob around or keeping, Ty- or keeping Tyson around or keeping Tony around just to make sure the target is not on his back and while he could be pulling strings right right behind them. So yeah. I think that it does, it does apply all around. But right. now we kind of, you know, we moved down a tier going on to our next winner. <laughs> Um, not to take victory away from Adam. That's harsh. But uh, no, but no. I mean, we just probably had four of the best winners ever, and now you know, just to just to move on. But we go we go to Adam, who actually wow. who had who had one of the who had one. That's of, harsh, bird. <laughs> we the? we we had we had Adam who had one of the best stories ever, though, for real. Um, his mom, you know, he his mom uh, had a uh, had stage four lung cancer when he was playing. Um, obviously, is very inspirational just to watch the way he moved through that game with her on his mind the entire time. I hate to ask this, but for the purpose of his strategy, is his mom still alive? No, she and she and she passed. Go ahead, Dylan. Yeah, I, I I believe she passed in between when it was filmed and when he won. Is that what has that what happened? She passed away hours after he got home. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 It was very sad. Yeah. Um. But now to move on to what his you know his actual gameplay was he was kind of a guy who fl- flew under the radar most of the game you know i remember as a viewer i didn't i didn't really see him as a guy who was going to win the game until it got to like the final six and i was like wow like he's starting to pull the strings he's starting to maneuver his way in yeah no i adam i it's tough because if i had to like compare myself to somebody like who am i honestly like i'm probably like adam because i'm a super fan of this game so i'm probably like him Again, I don't love how he played. I prefer more of the out-front strategy masterminds of the game, so I don't love Adam's game. He's a nice guy, though. I think that he'll do well in this game, potentially, because he's going to be very underrated. He's going to be No one's going to be seeing Adam as a huge threat. On the other hand, though, Dylan, I think Adam actually could go early because he's seen as a nerdy super fan of this game with like you know not a ton of connections and not a huge physical guy. So if they lose a challenge or two... And they want to get rid of a smart player who knows the game and is, and is like a diehard fan. I could see Adam maybe going early. I agree with you, Ryan. So I was going to say that 
he could be voted out early just because he's not a strong physical player and they want him to be able to win challenges to make it to the merge. And I actually don't think that his that his strategy from the season that he won will will transition well to the winners at war season solely because the season he won, he was trying to pull strings from behind the scenes and kind of let people think that others were doing the real work while he was actually doing a lot of the uh, the conniving and the, the blind sides. That's not going to work this time. I mean, if he tries to tell Boston Rob or Jeremy or Tyson what to do, they're going to be like, all right, kid, we'll let the big boys do the, do the talking right now. Okay? Like, he's not convincing them of anything. He, they're going to be the ones doing the main strategy. And, he's not, and if he somehow makes it to the end, he's not going to be able to pitch that he was actually doing a lot of the uh, the strategy. It's, it's, it's going to be the other people who make it there. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I like Adam, but I'm not sure he does go far in the season for all the reasons you guys pretty much said. Um, I, I don't I just I don't see him controlling votes, but I also think that he could be an easy target if it does come to that. Um, now, moving on to another controversial winner, um, one that out of all the guys here probably is the most controversial, um, Ben. And I, when I say controversial, I mean because it just seems like every single time he was in trouble, he found an idol. And while that's insane and great, there were I remember at the time there was a lot of talk about it. Like, were the producers trying to, you know, trying to, you know, pot, like, were there too many idols in play? Were the producers trying to, like, make it so that he could find the idol since he was in trouble to make it more exciting? Like, there was controversy surrounding his season. Yeah, uh, Ben and his uh, Ben bombs, as he called it, with all his idols. I mean, also, not only with the idols, Dylan, but, you know, this is the first season they did the Final Four fire making, And every season since then, players have been told at the mat. We're going to do it this season. That season, they had no idea until it happened in Chris Eber, the Noda Tribal. That is a little sus. Maybe that was put in to save Ben. Again, Ben's a great guy. Ben's a Marine. He's a family man who can't love Ben as a person. Um, I don't know how far he's going to go in this game. Jordan, feel free to tell me if I'm right or wrong. But I just think with all the idols that he might he can find, he, know, he knows where to look for them. And the fact that he is the first winner of firemaking... Who's going to let Ben get to final four fire making again and let Ben win a second fire making challenge? And he's a Marine. I don't see it happening. Yeah. I like what you're saying there. And I do agree. But I was, I was going to pitch the other side of the coin that um, yeah. he has a good story. He could win. He, he could win. I don't know if people let him get there because of the fact that he does have a good story and because he is dangerous with idols, but who knows? He could go far. And I'm sure that this season will be chock full of advantages and idols and, just a lot of things they're going to throw into the gameplay. So he could be lucky and stumble upon a lot of advantages. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I definitely think Ben's a wild card for sure. Um, I don't, I don't really, I, I think I know what, I think I know where I'm going with this and you'll find out later uh, in my predictions portion. But um, I, I think it's really up in the air. But now moving on to another very strong winner, Wendell, who was part of, um, one of the strongest duos ever in Survivor history, ended in the tie vote that, you know, ultimately Laurel said, I'm going to vote for Wenzel over Dom. He wins the season. That's one of my, Ghost Island is one of my underrated seasons. I don't know if people like love it as much as I do. I just thought that Wenzel and Dom maneuvering through the game was great. Um, and I think that Wendell possesses a lot of traits that could make him very successful in the season, even though he's recent and people could see him as a, as a very big threat. I think he's very good socially. He's the type of guy that you would want to align with, you would want to play with. Um, and I think, I think he does make the merge in the season. 
All I'm going to say is I hope at some point we record a season, uh, we record a podcast about our favorite seasons. I got a few words to say about Ghost Island. <laughs> um, not great ones. But <laughs> no, I mean, Wendell, I do like Wendell. I think he's like Jeremy and Ethan. He's such a likable guy. You never want to get rid of Wendell. I think he also, like some of these people, benefited from getting blindsided early. In his first tribal council, he gets left out of the vote. He's on the bottom, and then he somehow makes it back. Um I think he actually is going to benefit from his win over Dom having the first tie vote in history because people are looking at him and say, you won, but you won off a tie vote and you had to get one extra vote. Like you barely with the skin of your teeth won the game and you were the likable guy. Dom was the the slugger. Dom was like the strategic godfather mastermind. I think Wendell's going to do well in this game because he's likable and he is very social. And I think actually I read it. I saw it in an interview that now that he was well, underrated, now he wants to pull the knife out, and now he wants to be making some of these moves himself. So I think Wendell can make it far, I think. Jordan? I hope he does. I love Wendell. He was really strong in challenges, something that I always look for, just because I love watching that. Again, a very likable guy. And if he does pull the knife out and becomes really strategic and tries to force some blindsides, I think that he could be a pretty powerful player. I think that people might underrate him, like you said, because... He just made it out through the skin of his teeth, and I, I personally hope he goes far. I think he definitely has potential to potential to do it. Yeah, I mean, I I love Wendell as well. I'm rooting for him also. Um, but to move on to our last winner, somebody who I think flies under the radar in the whole group, um, but is a very strong winner without a doubt. Um, the most recent winner on the season is uh, Nick from season 37, uh, David versus Goliath. Yeah, and I love me some David versus Goliath, uh, one of my favorite recent seasons. Um, Nick is interesting. I feel like Nick is a really good player, both socially and strategically. I worry for him, though, Dylan. I think that he's the most recent winner, so all these people have just saw him play, like, a year ago, basically. And he can't hide anymore. People know he's a lawyer. No one knew he was a lawyer out there. They know he's a lawyer. They know he makes nicknames. They know that, like, oh, if I if I, Nick comes up to you and says, hey, let's make a nickname alliance, you know it's fake. So if Nick goes up to Yul Kwan and says, hey, let's make – we're the lawyers. We're the lawyer guys. Yul's like, you're gone. Like, you're out of here. So I think they know Nick's game. He's too recent. Granted, I think if he survives the first few, I think he'll slide by pretty far. But I worry for Nick pre- pre-game, pre-emerge. I completely agree with you, Ryan. I think that his he's not going to be able to repeat his strategy from last season. Everybody knows what's up with him. He's He came off as this innocent guy who was just likable, Southern, trying to just, I don't know, be on everyone's good side. And I think that part of the reason was that he was so successful was the David-Goliath narrative. Now everyone can see right through him. No one's going to be able to trust him because he had so many secret alliances and so many secret friendships on the show. I think that people are going to be too skeptical of his behavior and might want get to get rid of him early here. And now we'll move on to the predictions portion of this podcast. So as we did in the women's podcast, we're going to go first one out, sleeper pick, which is not necessarily under the radar person, but person that people think are going to go early, but that you think will go far. And then your last one remaining. So I'll kick it off. And as I as I may have uh, foreshadowed before, I think my pick for the first one out is Ben. Um, I think a reason why is because... He doesn't have any connections on the season, and I think that um, this season is going to be very rich early with people who are – people are going to come into this game knowing they have to make alliances, have to make relationships. Just to see another day is going to be so important, and I think that um, 
I think that Ben, you know, may struggle on the social aspect of the game. Um, he's made, I don't, I just don't see him as, as social as the other players. And that's why I think that he could be in danger early. Jordan, what do you think? I think it's Adam here. My, my prediction is that Adam screws up on the challenge or did not hold his weight because I think that the first challenge might be, I don't know, something puzzle related. If Boston Rob and some of the other smart guys might be on it, Adam might be on the physical portion and screw it up. So I really think that Adam is go- is going to, is not going to hold his weight in the first challenge because get, gets voted out early. This is the hardest one for me, guys. I mean, I think this is was, this was a lot easier for the women where we said, if you if you hopefully listen to that one first, um, we think, you know, maybe Sandra, Sarah, whoever can go home first with those. But the guys, I think it's so hard to tell who's going to go home first. I do agree with Adam. I think that Adam is not as strong as the other guys, so he will be seen as someone to get rid of in order to keep winning challenges. And he's a super fan, which is a big knock against him. If not Adam, if I had to make one more guess, I think Boston Rob's going to go very early. If not Adam, I think it's going to be Boston Rob for just how big of a threat he is. Boston Rob would have a great time on Edge of Extinction, I have to say. I'm actually looking forward to that if that happens. He would he would legitimately enjoy himself, I think. He wouldn't have, you think he would, so? I, I, don't th- I don't think he would like mind it like a lot of, like, I mean, well, we saw on Edge of Extinction the first time, it was like people were playing for the first time, they were miserable. I think that he would he would be fine. He would he I think that he would be like itching to get back in the game. But I really think that uh, I think it would be like when Ozzy was on whatever uh, I believe it was Sophie's season where Ozzy was just chilling on Redemption Island for all these days, just enjoying himself. That's how I picture Rob on Edge of Extinction if he were to get there. But mm-hmm. to move on to move on to uh, the sleeper portion, people that mo- that a lot of people think could get voted out early that I think will go far. I'm gonna start with Jeremy here. Um, I think that people see him as somebody who is a big mm-hmm. is a big is a big threat. Um, could be voted out early, and I think that I think that likability. He'll be pulling his weight in challenges. I think that he could go far. Jordan disagrees. Go for it. Mm-hmm. So I have a pretty much opposing take here. Okay. I think that he's not. So do you think you think that people think he's going to get out early, but will be able to make it far? Yeah, that's that's my that's my story. I think I think I, that the major players are gone right away because the women it was a little it was a little harder to determine who's a sleeper here, but the men there's so many dominant and iconic names that we have Boston Rob Tyson, Jeremy, Tony. These names are huge names that people are gonna be scared of. The but, men and women alike. But not everybody can be voted out early. I know, yeah. I know, but but even in. So we have them, the kind of older players that everyone's scared of because those are four just beasts. Even the newer players, the Knicks and Wendells, who understand the newer aspects of the game, I think that those people are going to go early because they're scared of maybe the older players don't know the uh, the newer dynamics of the game and think that Wendell or Nick have an advantage. Mm-hmm. That's where my guy Yule comes in. Yule's kind of under the radar. No one's seen him in a long. No one's seen him in a long time. No one's really talking about him, even though he's a great player. These really iconic names are overshadowing him in, in, in a respect. And I think that he's going to make it really, really far because he's going to hide behind all those enormous names. Yeah, right. I guess I guess if I'm answering who do people think will go early but will go far, I do think it's Yule. I think people... Let's go, Ryan! I think people, in and, I think people in and out of the game are like, Yule, such a mastermind, so strategic... He's got to go early, right? People got to be seeing him as a threat. But I think Yule is also very social. That's why he beat Ozzy. If Ozzy was also social, so if 
Yule was just a stone cold game bot and Ozzy was the likable challenge guy, Yule would have no shots. Yule has to have some social capital. So I think Yule Kwan will do really well here. Um, I think people think he's going to go early, but he'll go far. Um, yeah, I just I think Yule can do well. Moving on to the last portion, last man remaining. So I think that my answer here is going to be a little bit controversial based on what people said. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say I really do like Nick to do well in this game, despite other people not. And I think I think that, like you said, I think there is the possibility of him being kind of an outcast at the beginning. But I also think that it is possible that he flies under the radar and he's a guy who, you know, who, he will pull his weight in challenges and puzzles and stuff like that. Um, so I do think that if he could relate to people um, kind of on a more mature level rather than just like a nickname, I don't think he's going to do that again. But I think that Nick is a guy who flies under the radar and could could very well, you know, go far and be the last person remaining. And I'm just going to throw out one more name. I think also Wendell's going to do very well. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Dylan. I have two names as well because this was so hard to narrow down. I think Wendell's going to make it far. I think, again, he's so social, social so likable. And now he's willing to play the Dominic game where he's going to be a little bit more cutthroat and a little bit more schemey. I think that he's going to be very likable. And like with Sarah, when she won, you're not going to see Wendell's knife coming. So I think Wendell is going to go far in this game. But if I had to pick someone who I think will go far and win, I've said this from day one. I saw the cast. I think Jeremy Collins is going to go far, take this game again. Such a great player. And is so likable. I don't think he's going to – no, Jordan. I don't think he's going to – Jordan's in the, he's the minority here. I actually disagree with Dylan completely. I think that no one's saying Jeremy's going to go early. I think the fans, I'm not sure what the people in the game are saying, but in terms of the fans and what fans are saying, drafting, predicting, everybody loves Jeremy to go far. So I, I like Jeremy to win this game or go far. Yeah, sleepers, sleepers, sleepers weird to talk about when you have like, when you have all these, these great players, because like nobody's really the sleeper, but just somebody who I see as a big threat is what I meant earlier. Yeah. Jordan, tell me why you're giving me the thumbs down, man. What's going on? So even though I kind of contradicted myself, and I guess you could say this guy is my sleeper, but he's my prediction to win. The odds are against him. He's a personal favorite of mine, and it's not Tyson. Tyson's my favorite ever. This guy is Does one he of make my animal noises? Tony, yeah. the llama, <laughs> will win this season. And I think that... My rationale here is that he's going to kind of annoy people and scare people a little bit. I think he will find an idol, but later in the game. And I think that people are going to be like, this guy is so crazy. We can get him out anytime we want. And I think that might play to kind of helping him, helping him inch along little by little. And then he's not going to do well in the individual immunities. People aren't going to consider him a, sh a threat to win those individual immunities. And he's going to keep going until he's in the final five, pull out an idol, get to the final four, won't even have to go to fire making. He will win winners at war. Tony Villalobos. Is that, how you, is that, is that his name? Villalobos? <laughs> Can you say Blachos? that one more time? Blachos? What is it? Blachos. It's nachos with, with a VL. It's Blachos. <laughs> Blachos. Okay. Listen, there's, I'm telling you, I'm not saying I'm, I think he's going to win, but if I had to make what I want to happen and manifest this, there's no better timeline in my life than Tony to win this game again. 100%. Give us, give us a Tony Tyson Rob Jeremy Alliance at the at, at some point oh, in the game. Mm -mm. Give me that. I would love that. 
give me that. And then on the other tribe, give me Parvati making the Black Widow Alliance 2.0 with Parvati and Kim and Denise, like the Black Widows. Give me those two alliances head to head. Yes. Best season ever. That's yes. All I need. So that wraps everything up for our preseason content. Um, we'll be recording our first podcast of the regular season, as we'll call it. Um, right after the episode next week and we'll have it up on YouTube, up on all platforms. And you know, if you, if you don't follow us already on Twitter, you could follow us at soul survivor pod. If you don't subscribe to us on YouTube, it's soul survivor podcast. And I'm really looking forward to Wednesday, next Wednesday. I'm so hyped. Grab your torches to back to camp. Good night. <laughs>